Good morning, everybody. Have I piqued your curiosity? I hope so. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Chris. I'm uh, on staff here at Central. I have the awesome privilege of being on staff here, one of the pastors. I'm specifically the Lake Aroch campus pastor. Made it over the Misty Mountain today to come be with y'all. So hope you had a Merry Christmas and we'll have a Happy New Year. I want to say right off the bat that I, I really love this week and I particularly particularly love preaching this week because this week is, is a bit of a bridge week in seasons as we rhythmically march through the church year. We are bridging seasons today. So we've just gone through the Advent season where we celebrated, where we commemorated the coming of Jesus, but also looked forward in anticipation for when Jesus will come back. Woohoo! Right? Like, there's good stuff. We had a few weeks celebrating that. And next week, we're going to be starting into the new year. We're going to be settling into winter and going into uh, and faithfully continuing to look to God for everything that we have as far as to be able to serve him, to serve one another, and to serve our community. Woohoo! Again, very, very exciting times. But today, I wanted to talk about some of the moments that we have in our life, and specifically some of the moments that God uses to shape us, to make us who we are. And in order to do that, I have asked three teams. So if you're one of the teams that I've asked, can you please come on up? We are going to play a little game. So for those of you who don't know, these guys all know what they're going to be doing. So this is going to be team one, team two, team three. You guys can just come on down here. So we're going to be preaching out of Joshua chapter four today and going through the first seven verses of that. And so we will be commemorating this service with a game with blocks. So you guys can get your blocks all set up and get ready. So what they're going to do is they're going to take a, a post-it note, they're going to write down something that they're thankful to God for, and then they're going to yell it out, then they're going to post it on the block, and then they're going to start building a monument. First team to build their monument to lay all 12 stones on the carpet wins my eternal praise, and as they come down from the stage, high fives from all of, all of y'all. Uh, brethren and sistren. Sound good? Okay, so on your marks, get set, go! Family. Puppies. Oh, someone's thankful for me. Isn't that sweet? Guitars. Woo! We got friends. Food. I'm also thankful for food. What do we got? Allergies? Did you say you're... Ah, okay. Sorry? I thought he said allergies. All right. So that, that's the hills, or the, the, the valleys Chris was talking about earlier. Thankful for the good and the bad. Church! That's you guys, not the building. Dairy-free food. Who else is thankful for dairy-free food? Woo! I actually like dairy. Sorry? Sippy cups. Why I oughta. It's a man cup. It's not a sippy. I know this is a family service, but it is a... Hymnals. Oh, we like the hymnals, eh? 
Hey, we did. Yeah, I didn't see you sneak up here. Right, who's gonna win? T. I'm also. Are you guys done? Yay! I am also thankful for T. T was the winning one. All right, high fives. Good job. Well done. Well done. Thank you. All right, you guys. I need some high fives. You guys did awesome. Thank you. High fives all around. Here we go. Whoa, whoa, watch it. You guys are too strong. Oh, there we go. Thank you so much for that. Didn't they do a good job? Can we give them a big round of applause, please? You guys killed it. That was awesome. That was a lot more fun than I ever thought it would be. So as I mentioned, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 4, if you want to turn there this morning. And evidently in the first service, I said we're going to be going through the first seven chapters, which is true. So get ready. Get comfortable. (laughs) Just kidding. No, we're going to be just doing the first seven verses of chapter 4. So you can turn there in your Bibles, your apps. It's going to be on the screen. If you don't have a Bible but want one, there's some in the back up top there or out in the foyer. Please grab one. They are our gift to you. We're going to be, as I said, reading the first seven verses, but I quickly wanted to catch us up to speed in case anybody is not aware of what's going on at this point. So God created everything in the beginning, and it was good. Created people, good. But then people fell, fell away from him, and everything spiraled into not good. For This went on for many, 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 many years. And then people were doing what was right in their own eyes. And so finally, God raised up a man named Abraham. And so Abraham, he took and he said, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to provide you with land. And then you are going to be able to bless the entire world through you. Through your descendants, you're going to be able to bless the entire world. Woohoo! So he makes this covenant with Abraham. Abraham's descendants go down into Israel. Or sorry, They become the nation of Israel. They go down into the land of Egypt. They're enslaved there for 400 years. They're down there. And so God finally raises up a man named Moses and then through Moses brings them out of Egypt. After doing all of these great things, though, Israel couldn't quite get it how amazing God was nor trust him. So they ended up having to spend about 40 years in the timeout chair, wandering through the wilderness, having to think about what they've done. Finally, at the end of the 40 years, they come to the promised land. They're on the edge of it. And right before they go, they, Moses gives them one more commandment. See, Moses had given them the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, He'd given them this covenant, show them the covenant God, that God had made with them on what they're supposed to do in this relationship. And so he says, one more thing, you need to obey God. And then Moses dies. Joshua the person we're going to be reading about this morning, he takes over as the new Moses. He's the new leader of Israel. And the first thing he does is what? Commands them to obey God. This is a theme that we're going to continue to see as we go through the whole Bible. It's really good to obey God. So he says, we're going to obey God. We're going to send out spies to check out the land. The spies come back. Two thumbs up. The land looks great. Let's go for it. So they're about to go in, but then they run into this one pesky problem. It's called the Jordan River. It's right in their way. I, I did some reading on it, and it's my best understanding of what the Jordan looked like at this point for them, where they're trying to cross, it was roughly 100 feet wide, normally 100 feet wide, and anywhere from 3 to 10 feet deep. But this season, it was flooding, so it would have been a lot wider, and it would have been a lot deeper. So, oh no, we can't cross the Jordan, says Israel. 
Don't worry, says God, I've got it. You need to take the priests and the Ark of the Covenant, walk up to the edge of the river, of the Jordan River, and as soon as you get to the edge, I'm going to stop the water. I'm going to heap it up, and all y'all are going to walk across on dry dry ground. Does that sound good? Israel, yes. So they go up, the priests go up, the covenant, Ark of the Covenant goes up, water stops, they go across on dry ground. Now we reach Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on each of you a stone upon the shoulder, upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. A memorial forever. So today, I want us to be able to walk out of here with one thing on our mind. And this one thing, if we can get this as a community, this one big idea, it will help us grow our faith. It will certainly strengthen our faith. And it will help us to be able to live out our faith better. And that's remember what God has done so we will know or continue to, whoa, So we will be confident in what God will do. Remember what God has done so we can be confident in what God will do. So what we need to do is we need to take the things that we read in the Bible, read about the stories of the amazing things God has done. We need to think about the things that God has done in our lives. We need to think about the things that God has done in the people around us lives, the stories that we hear. We need to treasure these in our hearts. We need to commemorate them. We need to celebrate them. We need to glorify God because of them. And doing this will help us do what needs to be done when it comes to loving God and loving other people. It'll help us to be able to do the things that we want to do here as a community, like planting churches and making disciples and training leaders and so on and so forth. So now we're going to just circle back around to the the beginning and we're going to point out a couple of things that are going to help us really be able to stick that one big idea in our minds. Okay, sound good? Everybody on board? Woohoo! All right, let's go. So in the first three verses, we see, I want to point out just two things for us to look at as far as, or in light of our big idea. The first thing is that the entire group passed over. Nobody was left behind. So God didn't deliver in part. God delivered in full. He said they would all come across and they all came across. The second thing that we want to notice here is that it's God giving them the instruction. He's asking them, in fact, he's commanding them to commemorate the great act that he's just done. Why is this such a big deal? Remember, they're just on the heels of the great timeout chair, the 40 years in the desert, thinking about what they've done because, remember, they didn't trust God to do what he said he was going to do in the first place. And so even after doing things like bringing them out of Egypt, parting the Red Sea, providing everything that they needed, He felt that they still needed one more reminder. And so he's just given them one more amazing reason to believe that he is 
for them, that he's looking out for them, that he's got their back. In fact, if you were to go back into chapter 3, verse 10, Joshua, he spells it out for them as he's talking to them. He says, here is how. And so this great thing that's about to happen, this is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will, without fail, do what he says he's going to do. In other words, remember what God has done so we can be confident in what God will do. So let's continue. So as we go into the next two and a half verses, four, five, and and halfway through six, we're going to notice that the author seems to be repeating himself a little bit. And whenever we're reading our Bibles and start to notice, oh, hey, I just read this. It's, it, you're not reading the same thing twice. They're actually repeating themselves, and they're doing it for a purpose. This is for emphasis. This is a, a typically Hebrew way of writing to saying, this is really important, so I'm going to say it twice so you guys can really get it. So in this place in particular, he's saying, do this thing, so commemorate this, in the hopes that you won't forget the most important thing to remember. Remember what God has done so you'll be confident in what God will do. One of the things I, I, I love about being here uh, at Central Community Church uh, is the fact that we really do our best to, to love kids. Kids, it's important for you to know that you aren't the future of the church. You are the now of the church. You have an important role to play in our midst, and it's a privilege for us to be able to try to do that. And so here at Central, and because of all of you, we want to be, and I think we're succeeding as a community that's trying to raise up kids to know God better, to love him better, to love one another better, so that we can impact the world for the glory of God. This is an amazing thing. And because of that awesome truth, this next part, uh, next verse or so, needs the lion's share of our attention. So we're going to spend most of our time here. So Joshua says, halfway through verse 6, when your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar with me, uh, Sarah, she was up here earlier. My wife, we have a a little boy named Cadman. He's uh, three, just turned three, and we call him Caddy for short. And the other day, he walks into the kitchen, and he's wearing shorts and socks, like, yanked way up. And I looked at him, and I, and I started laughing. And I'm like, he, look, he looks goofy. And then I looked down at what I was wearing. I uh, know. See? Exactly. He was, he was wearing the exact same thing that I was. But he was doing it because he, he thought it was cool. And Sarah was standing there with this little smirk on her face. It wasn't lost on her. And she's like, way to kid, teach your kid fashion. I'm like, oh, man. Indeed, right? See, our kids are going to learn from us whether we like it or not. Kids, kids will imitate. So we, can, we have a choice. We can either intentionally seek to shape that or allow it to shape us. See, as, as a parent, I, I love this image of, of Caddy coming up to me and, and asking me this question, though I'm, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't ask it the same, like, I, I, this question here, I, I don't imagine kids asking it that way, right? Like, it's almost like with a sweater vest and a pipe, or, it, you know, what, what do these stones mean to you? I, I just, I don't, so maybe, maybe that's you, uh, but Cadman would say more like, what's that, Daddy. That would, be, that would be his way of saying it and, just, and pointing at it. But we, we want to foster in our kids this 
inquisitive spirit. We want to we build it up. We want to get them thinking more about meaning behind things as we do things that are meaningful. But the thing with this inquisitiveness that comes naturally to kids, it can be squashed out with impatience, can it? Like, uh, recently, Sarah and I were talking about uh, this new game, well, new game that Cadman likes to play before bed, and it's called 20 Questions or more. And if anybody's been around little kids, all of a sudden when it's time to go to bed or time to do something that they don't want to do, all of a sudden it's like all the mysteries of the universe that vex his little mind all of a sudden start coming to the forefront and it's question after question after question, stall, 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 stall. Now, at this point I have a choice, right? Like I can either say, no, it's, it's time for bed, which is, I mean, true. It's, it's bedtime, so I'd be within my rights as a parent to say, no, it's time for bed. Or I, I could try to spend a few minutes and try to ask, answer some of these questions, to try to let them know that it's okay to ask these questions, and especially if they're about what God has done in our life. Don't always succeed at doing that. Sometimes impatience wins. I hate to admit, but I try. It's, it's an ongoing battle. See, Joshua is encouraging his listeners to be ready with an answer. He's saying the kids are going to ask. People are going to ask, what do those stones mean? So you need to be ready with an answer. Some might ask, why bother, though? Like, what's the, what's the point? Why would he do that? Well, it's because so they, they can be a community who look to God for everything. So they can look to the rocks and go, oh, that's why that's there. Remember that one time that God did that amazing thing that we didn't think that he could do? Maybe if he did that amazing thing, this other thing over here that we are starting to think that's probably too big for him, maybe God would be able to do that. It will give them confidence. In other words, remembering what God did will give them confidence in the future to believe that God will do what he says he's going to do. Because for the Israelites, they still had tons of stuff that they had to do that they needed confidence for. And friends, so do we. We have tons of stuff. We got awesome work ahead of us. So this applies to us then by asking us to be ready for when kids ask about the monuments or whatever it is that we create to commemorate or to point out the amazing things that God has done. But this doesn't mean that people even have to be literal children, does it? It could be anybody that's coming into our community, perhaps somebody that's a new believer. If you're a new believer here today, I'm super glad that you're here. And so this is in part for you. And even if you're not a, here, a believer and you're here today, I'm really, really glad that you're here. And I hope you'll stick around and ask some questions about why we do some of the things we do. We want to be a community that encourages questions about why we do what we do and about the God we serve. So, fellow parents, when we look at a passage like this, this is more or less talking about us, right? Because we're going to have the, the lion's share of our kids' time. But Central Community Church, followers of Jesus and people who, who bow their knee to him and call him Lord and belong to this community, contextually, this is 100% talking to all of us. Because Joshua isn't singling out families or individuals or just people with kids. He's talking to everybody because everybody that's in a community has a responsibility to bear witness to the amazing work that God has done in their life, to encourage the group, and to build it going forward into the future. 
So everybody knows what God has done. It's, this is a responsibility that all of us hold. So this is why it's good that we have markers in life that bear witness to all the cool things that God's done. This is why it's good to know the stories of things that God is doing in people's lives all around us. It's not just so that we can feel good, though that's a, it's a totally awesome byproduct of it, but so we can continually point to the one God who does the miraculous. So we can do this either through creating or repurposing something to commemorate the event. Perhaps it's, you know, a bracelet or a painting, or you could get a bunch of stones and make a monument in your garden, something like that. Or we can do something to commemorate the event, like a yearly celebration, we try to do things around here like the 24-hour prayer. This is something we do as a community to, to commemorate just the fact that God answers prayer and that we want to be a praying community. So some kind of ceremony or something. When I was, uh, for example, for those of you who don't know me, I, I've said it most times I've been here, uh, but I, I come out of an addiction background. So I spent years and years and years doing that. And when I, I sobered up and, and I became a believer, I was in a recovery house for seven months, and then I after coming out, after two months, I decided to go on a mission trip to Guatemala. And when I went down there, I had had uh, piercings, uh, and lots of them, uh, and, or a few of them anyway. And when I got down to Guatemala, they asked me to take them out, and so I obliged. Now, I'm not making any sort of judgment on piercings, either good or bad. But at this point in my life, I had come to see them as representing the person that I'd used to be. But I'd had them for close to two decades. So they, they had literally been a part of me for most of my life at that point. And so I was a little bit conflicted. But we're going down to Guatemala. I knew I had to take them out. And I knew also that we were going to be uh, hiking up a volcano. And so that day when we went there, we went up the volcano. We stopped for lunch. And, and I started looking around. I had a plan. So I, I found a little hole where in the, the uh, rocks where there was actual lava there, like molten lava. And then I took the hardware from my piercings, I sat down by myself, and I had this little ceremony, a little prayer session uh, with God. And I thanked him for taking me from where I had been and bringing me to where I was. And then I dropped them in the hole. Have you guys ever seen Lord of the Rings? <laughs> like, Return of the King? Honestly, it was, it was pretty much like that. I, like, I looked down, and they went down on top of the lava. It flamed up, and then they melted into the lake of fire. It was awesome. It, it, honestly, it was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. But this was, which made the other part that much more special and more memorable. But So this was me remembering what God had done in my life so that I could be confident about what God would be able to continue to do in my life. See, it's moments like these that we can create to take the amazing acts of God and infuse them with specialness. Now, I want to be clear. The acts themselves don't need to be made special by us. They're already infinitely precious and special because of God and who he is and, and what he's doing. But God knows, and I'll speak for myself, that I have a really short memory sometimes with the amazing things that God does in my life. And I need to have these markers, these stones in the, in the Jordan, if you will, to help remember these moments. So what can you do to commemorate some of these dearest moments in your life? Our passage continues. 
So when it, the ark, passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. So can somebody tell me what the ark represented? Is there, is there a kid here that knows what the ark represents and who's brave and wants to yell it out? Did I just hear presence of God? Yes, that's exactly it. Nailed it. That was fast. I didn't have to wait at all for that. Gold star and thumbs up and air fives. Thank you. It represented the, the presence of God. So it had a functional use, right? Like it was a gold box that held things like the tablets from the Ten Commandments, manna, Aaron's staff, but... Uh, it also re- represented, or, or in a sense, manifested God's presence for the people of Israel. In, in, in some ways, it was where the two realms, heaven and earth, met. It wasn't God's house. God didn't live, well, it wasn't his travel trailer, right? He didn't live, he didn't stay in it. But it represented to the people. It, it uh, helped them see that God was among them. So the imagery of what's going on here is so important for us to get when we think about that the ark stood between them and certain death of the water coming down on them. When in 2010, when Sarah and I met, we were in Poland and we did a bunch of, neither of us are Polish, by the way. Someone always want to ask that. She's from Quebec, I'm from BC. Uh, We were in Poland, we were doing kids camps. And so we did just like a billion skits. And one of them, I I played God and she played humanity. And so I I create her, everything's good. I create everything, create her, everything's great. But then the cares of the world draw her away, right? Greed and uh, addiction and idolatry and all that stuff. So it pulls her away. And so I kind of go off to the side. Don't leave her. God doesn't leave us, but goes off to the side. And then she finally gets sick of what's going on, realizes that she's, she's made a mistake. She calls out to me, right? So this is like the book of Judges. The people of Israel cry out and God comes and he rescues them. He sends a deliverer. And so I come in and this part of the skit is, is amazing and it's particularly beautiful in the sense that if it's done well, as I come in and I stand or as God comes in and stands between all of these things that are trying to get her, that are trying to suffocate her, try to, to, to crush her soul, God stands in between them and her. And so at this moment in the skit, the person, in this case Sarah, can breathe. They're safe. See, the, the danger is still there, but, but she's no longer in danger from it. God is standing between the danger and her. See, our life is a miracle. If, we are, if we're a follower of Jesus, our life is a miracle in that God stands between us and a tidal wave of sin that is, is seeking to crush our soul, wants to crash down on us. See, we, we don't see, we can't see our spirits suffocating in the alien air of sin. The freedom in Jesus is being able to breathe. Breathe the fresh air of righteousness that we receive through faith in Jesus. How do you commemorate that in your life? How do we remember what God has done so that we can be confident in what God will do? Because if we can do that, friends, our faith will be stronger. Our our prayer life will be stronger. Our love for God and for one another, it will be... Seriously? 
It will be stronger. That's right. Can you, can you picture a world like that? Can you picture a community like that? Dream with me. Dream with me in that. So when we look at life in God that way, since it's a family service, I love the way Princess Jasmine puts it. It will be a whole new world. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. And God, thank you as we celebrate today the goodness of you, as we celebrate the work that you did in the life of Israel when you stopped up the river and they crossed along dry land, that miracle. We thank you for that. We thank you for putting it in your words so we can learn from it and think about ways that we can then commemorate the ways that you have done just that in our lives. Lord, many of us have stories upon stories of your goodness, of your faith, of your beauty, of your truth. And so, Father, help us to be able to commemorate these well. Help us to be able to do it in a way that passes this down to our children and to future generations so that all will know that you are God, that you are faithful, that you are good, that you are just, that you are beautiful, that you are the one to look to for all and that we can trust you. Thank you, Lord, for all this. We pray in the name of your precious son, Jesus. Amen.